Sims. Ladies and gentlemen, Boom. Chris Sims unbuttoned Wait. on Chris Sims unbuttoned. Stand up and do that again and give it like the real Cam Newton Superman, like, like your Ready? touchdown dance. Do it. Do it. Oh, ah. I'm back. <laughs> oh, yeah, that's right. It's Monday. He is back. He's not wearing his shirt unless he has an orange one today. Nope. All right. Not cool. We haven't gone past the two shirts that Ahmed's <laughs> wife's made yet, but we're on the way. That's two more you than got you have. the ball rolling. Yes. I know. Like, you would think, again, very awkward that you have the shirts. And, like, not even one's been offered to me yet. Not You're- even one's been offered. You're on the show, Chris mm-hmm. Sims Unbuttoned. I am Chris Sims. <laughs> And I don't have a shirt. I don't know. It just seems fucking weird to me. We Hello, don't know everybody. what size. We don't know what size you are. <laughs> we don't know what size. Yeah, what are you? That's a I guess I don't know. It depends. Right? It's hard to know this day and age. Hard to know. Right? Agreed. How do you know it depends on the maker of the shirt? Mm-hmm. I sometimes I'm a large, sometimes a large tall, sometimes I'm an extra large. And then every now and then I'm a double X. Wow. I mean, but it, it's rare. I don't know. It's hard. That's like holiday season. Doesn't it right? feel like it's changed in the last ten years? Like, I feel like I was when I was playing in the NFL. Yeah. And that, like, I was an extra large. Well, we, we And then all of a sudden, extra larges became for men that are like 270 pounds. <laughs> and I was like, whoa, like, hey, yeah. this is not for me anymore. Yeah. And then you jump on the scale, you're like, oh, wow, closer than I thought. <laughs> <laughs> but I did. I had a hard time transitioning for a while, finding like casual shirts and things like that. Yeah. Because everything was like wide and then. It didn't fit the belly button test. You know what that is, right? You, you raise, raise your, your hand, arms. The arm, yeah. yeah, so it's like, yeah, I'm wearing an extra large, and it's like a dress on me. But when I raise my arms, you can see my belly button. Yeah. Like, so it was short. It wasn't cool either. So it was like there was definitely an issue there for a while. It's hard to be tough when you raise your arms and your belly button's showing. Yeah. Like that's a hard that's, it's a hard you can't look. walk around it's a, well, it's a it's legal a hard shirt, It's a legal shirt wearing when you do that. So, I, throw, I throw the challenge flag or the penalty flag on that all the I time. I think we, well, we used to wear – Bigger shirts, like shirts I wore in high school, were so baggy. It was just a different look. Well, like, look era, at the yes, look at era. the NBA uh, suits, right? Right? It's right. just like oh my gosh, like dragging on the floor. My, right. Michael Jordan had the whole baggy thing going <laughs> right. for all of us. So right. it went like Michael Jordan baggy shorts, and I went to like the Fab Five baggy shorts. Yeah. We're like those aren't shorts; those are pants uh-huh. that we just cut off a few inches from. <laughs> and you're right, T-shirts. When I look back at high school, early college, I'm wearing like the tall tees. That are like gigantic. Yeah. The jeans are gigantic. The suits I had in my early NFL career, the money I fucking wasted on suits that I can never wear again. Yes. Oh my gosh. What was I thinking? Why did I think I was going to be part of MC Hammer's background dancers? I don't know what I thought. You weren't? No, you I never was not. got that no, opportunity. They never needed me there. They never needed me. But my suits, they were ready. <laughs> <laughs> they were ready for MC Hammer. Uh, uh, well, are we ready? Are we ready? For not one, but two. Top five list. We're ready, baby. For the draft. Yeah, I'm so ready. So we've got two today. This, this is huge. This is huge. Because you know, I, I'm actually look, really looking forward to both of these. I look forward to all of them mm-hmm. every time we do this. Yeah. But offensive uh, offenses have gotten such a big advantage here lately. You know, yeah. Wide receivers, you can do more. You can't touch them. Pass interference. So I like to talk about the guys who have maybe one of the most difficult jobs in the NFL right now. Yes. Would you agree with that? Agreed. Corners and safeties. Agreed. We're going to go through both those top five. Yes. Uh, I mean, I don't think there's any doubt about that. With the way the, the league's set up, the amount of freaky receivers we have in the NFL, I, and I think in the history of the league, is at an all-time high right now. You know, along with, of course, offenses have 
expanded into another stratosphere the last 10, 15 years with the different formations and movements and things like that. And to where I think even a guy like Tom Brady can go, man, offense when I first got in the league is nothing like it is now. There's just so many ways to do things on that side of the ball, and that's where, yeah, the defense comes into play. And I just, you know, again, I think you you look at the top teams in football Mm -hmm. over the last few years, and I'm just kind of – this is kind of a quick thought, but I always had this general thought. I mean, secondaries are usually pretty top-notch. I mean, you can certainly go to this year's Super Bowl and go – Top-notch secondaries there. Yep. You know, 49ers secondary, okay, they're, they're not as built on that as compared to maybe their pass rush. But you get into years past with that. The Patriots, of course, we know their secondaries were very special. Um, who am I missing there? You know, the Chiefs got some talent. They play a yep. different style. The Bucks, of course, they're pretty talented. You on that. Bills, too. you, you got to have yeah. that because you just can't expect your pass rush to dominate every game and, and help out the, the team that way. Yeah, so we're going to start with corners. We're going to get to safeties. There is a there's a number one safety out there that is getting a lot of the love, although yeah. maybe not as much love over the past week because of a, a 40 time. So we'll get to your safeties second. We're going right. to start with corners right here, your top five cornerback rankings. Uh, but let's start with uh, what do you look for in a corner, and has that changed over the last, I don't know, five years? Um, I don't know if it's changed a whole lot for me. I mean, first off, a corner, there, there's, there's a, I think this, that, speaking to the point we just talked about with offenses, receivers, yep. there's the offenses, the way they move the guys, the rules, the receivers themselves, as good as ever before, freaky all shapes and sizes, right? It's, well, we're playing Mike Evans one week. The next week, it's Jamar Chase, who's 5'11", and now it's Tyree Kill, and then it's, you know, A.J. Green, and it's, so you, it's D.K. Metcalf. So it can be anything there. So I think the first thing is teams in the NFL, the offenses are trying to have a little of everything at receiver. Wait, this guy's our route runner. This guy's our big guy. This guy's our speed guy. So defenses are now going, wait, so we're going to match up that way a little bit too. New England, to me, is the team that started that conversation. But DB, for the first thing I'm always going to look for, just right off the bat, I mean, you got to have pure great speed, period. I mean, you know, again, how, how can you cover Odell Beckham Jr. and the great receivers of the world who run 4-3 and think some guy running 4-5 is going to be able to run with them? Mm-hmm. That's that's an issue. That doesn't make sense. So, you know, pure speed's always a thing I look at. Of course, the hips, the ability to change direction, stick your foot in the ground, play the ball. You know, I don't think that's a position because I think your question was like, has this one changed a lot in the NFL? Safety, we'll get to here a little later in the podcast where I'd go, that is a different Ooh. expectation than maybe when we were growing up. Okay. It's a different position. Corner, I think the only thing that I would say is different is a little more specialized, a little bit more matchup oriented. All right, we got a big corner, he'll play the big receiver. You know, we got small nickel guy, he'll play the the slot receiver guy in there. And we'll try to do that the best we can. You're not gonna be able to do that every play all the time, but I think there is more of that thought than there was in, in years past. What I'm looking forward to in your evaluation yeah. is talking about the big guys because the big guys you got the strength you got yeah. you can you can match up with other guys right. but you might not have the speed exactly. the small guys you have the speed right. but maybe you don't have the physical play exactly. that's going to play in the NFL so that's where it's hard to rank them yes. you know again it's I, I tried to do my best to encompass all those all those things you're saying but you know there's going to be one or two in here where I'm going to go well yeah there's a size question but everything else is so freaking good I can't deny it or 
you know, and, and we'll, we'll go through it. But, but, yes, I tried to do my best to pick guys that were foolproof. They're going to work in any defensive system. It's not so much about the matchup or like we talked about, oh, this guy can only go with big guys. I'll give my two cents on who they think they should cover or what they match up well with. But I tried to pick all around the best corners you know, of the draft. I didn't just go, oh, well, this guy's so good at zone. I'm going to take him. I, I tried to encompass all of it here. Real quick, overall yeah. – Top heavy, deep. How is this cornerback? Uh, the cornerback class, class first off, I thought is good. I thought it was overrated, or at least not as good as I expected going into it. First off, I thought there was some, you know, a lot of fast times we know. Um, I didn't think there was a ton of guys that played to that fast time. I think the overall thing I would take say this from the corners. There's a lot of guys that are NFL worthy. There was very few that I feel like, had it all even here in my top five we're going to get into a few we're going to go there this is awesome this is awesome this is awesome but there's this area that i just don't love hmm. you know there was very few clean prospects i guess is that what i want to sure. say there yeah sure yeah how many did you look at you think um i mean i'm gonna say i think it was safeties i was around 20 Oof. and then corners i think i'm around the same range wow hold on i can kind of give a better quick quick look right here so this is what you do now. You, you don't do. you don't know how your family's doing. You have you have no idea. <laughs> the, hell, the hell with them. Yeah, I'm out, I'm about 20, 20 in there. Okay, I'm right around the eighteen to twenty two range. All right, eighteen to twenty two. You yeah. whittled it down to five. Yeah, and so your top five cornerback yeah. rankings. We'll start with five. Yeah, let's do and that. And speaking of a guy who perhaps has some size issues, but you like him a whole lot here at number five. I, I do. I, I mean, Marcus Jones from Houston. No, I, I first off again. Here's a guy that I go got everything. All right, but there's a problem. He is he's five eight. He's one seventy four. There's a little bit of an issue there. That's that's a glaring thing. It's a you know a, a, a size league. We talk about it all the time. All right, but what I'm also saying with this day and age, the way we are in the NFL, the majority of defensive personnel sets are nickel defenses. The nickel guys on the field more times than not. Uh, Marcus Jones to me, it's just it's too elite covering in the slot position for me not to take it, hmm. let alone I think there's some value to him outside. He remind me of Jason Verrett, right? Remember Jason Verrett, the first-round sure. pick? He'd been injured, right? There's those issues. Uh, you could say Bryce Callahan, the, the, one of the top nickelbacks who plays for the Denver Broncos. You know, He's one of those type of guys, except I would go he's more explosive than a Bryce Callahan, who a lot of people would look at as one of the top nickelbacks in all of football. He's, he's got... Um, First off, here we go. You talk about ability to accelerate, put the foot in the ground, break on the ball. It was as good as anybody in the draft. The quicks are off the charts. He's made to cover, you know, the small jitterbug type of receiver who's going to be working the slot, right? Those guys. You know, Cooper Cup, that type of guy. Cup's big. He's a big slot. That's what makes him special. But you know what I mean by that. The Edelmans of the world, the Isaiah McKenzies, the Cole Beasleys, those type of guys where it's all about, you know, short area quickness, short area explosiveness. I'm going to run here really fast. I'm going to jam my foot in the ground and then run out really fast the other way Houston's going to be all Marcus Jones is going to be all over that stuff so he's special that way let alone Ahmed I mean just throw this in there too the ball skills were probably the best ball skills out of any DB in the draft he's over he's like a receiver playing DB it's as good a ball skills as I've seen 
uh, it's up there with Trayvon Diggs as far as how he plays the ball. Now, 50-50s, things like that, yeah, they're not going to be his cup of tea because he's not real big. But, man, it's hard to find a play where you'd go, he's not in the guy's hip pocket. The guy might have caught it, but he's in his hip pocket, and he's all over him. Extremely twitchy, and I think you know what added a little value to me too because there were some guys here all in the running for number five. His punt return stuff did put him over the edge. He's, he's an electric kick returner, punt returner. All-American. All-American. I mean, he's going to be a game-changer in the NFL with that, in that department right off the bat. Nine return touchdowns in his college career, three punt return touchdowns, six kickoff return touchdowns. Pete notes he did play some wide receiver. I mean, maybe this is a two-way player. 5'8". I mean, how much can you really, you know, I mean, will he hold up playing even one well, way? That's a, you're right. It's a, can he be one of those guys? Yeah, you throw him in there, you give him reverse every now and then on the offensive side of the ball. Yeah, he probably has the ability to do that. He does. He's tough as hell. There's nothing on the film that you look at to go, he's 5'8", he's 174, he shies away from contact a little bit. That is not the case. Now, he's Got a hurt shoulder right now as we speak, right? Yep. That's you know in the, in the process of being rehabilitated. That's going to be the big question. But you know, again, as far as what you see on film, there's nothing there for me to look at it and go, "Oh my gosh, it's not top notch." Whether it was mirroring guys off the line of scrimmage, you know, the ability to 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 be physical at the line of scrimmage, and then. You know, the speed to turn it on. You watch the film when they play SMU and Gray, the, the wide receiver there. Gray ran a 4-3 at the combine. I mean, he's, he's with them the whole game. I would say his burst out of breaks and that is probably as good as anybody in the draft. So I think when you put all that together, the importance of the nickel position, the ability to return, uh, to me, that's why he's a baller. And, you know, his exe- elite acceleration, yeah. to, to me, makes, you know, a guy that I look at to go somewhere in the second round. I don't know if he'll be a first-round pick. I don't think that's going to happen. But I think he goes somewhere in the second. And for me, obviously, is a top-five corner in the draft. So Pete said in my ear that Verrett, a corner you mentioned who was shorter, was 5'10". 5'10". Okay. So maybe right around there. Right. If Marcus Jones was 5'10", would he be number one? Or I mean, how, how high would he jump? If he was just a little bit taller, 5'11". Well, his covers, yeah. If it, mm. It'd be, it'd be... You know, I, I probably would have looked to have moved him up maybe another notch or two. It's a re- big question, the size thing. Yes. It is. Not only just the size of, you know, hey, back shoulders, jump balls, but the size of, like we already discussed, the, the injury. Mm-hmm. It's still it's college football. I know everybody thinks, well, it's football, it's football. I, no, it's, it's just not the same animal. The running back that's going to be running at him in the NFL when he's got to set the edge in the running game or all that, it's, it is a different animal. So that's a, it's a real question. And then, yeah, I got Verrett. Ver, you know, so here, we're talking about Marcus Jones, 5'8", 174. Yeah. Here's Verrett, 5'9 and a half at the combine, 189, right? So that's substantially bigger. There's no doubt about that. Now, what I would like to know with like the Marcus Jones situation, and this is where you know I don't have these answers. Answers is how big would he have been without the shoulder injury? Had he not been able to lift weights, maybe he would have been eight, ten pounds heavier. I don't know that either. Either way, the size is the issue, but the acceleration, the quicks, the feet, the ability to play the ball—they're—they're uh, they're off the charts good. You know, you in like and out of transition is, is as good as anybody in, in the draft. Marcus Jones. And yeah. you're not alone, too. I, I read a couple places where people are like, I love the tape. I love watching yeah, him play. Right. You know, the question for a lot of people, obvious. He's going to be, five, gonna be five, comfortable eight. with that guy. Yeah. Um, so yeah. that is Marcus Jones. Your number five cornerback. Your number four does not have the height issue. No, he's he number not. five player. 
your number four cornerback in the 2022 NFL Draft is... Andrew Booth, Clemson. Okay. I love Andrew Booth. I love him. Want him on my team any day of the week. You know, first off, you said it. The size, yeah, that's real. It is. You talk about, like, passion for the game and everything there, too. Man, off the charts, good, right? So I love that aspect, too. All right? And I think here's the first thing I would say. Size is really good. You know, the... The, the acceleration, the straight head speed, Ahmed, when you turn that on, it absolutely blows you away, mm. right? Like, I mean, he's a prototype-looking DB. You know, has the ability and the size and the power where you go, oh, we can match him up against the bigger receivers in football. Not only the bigger receivers, but the true straightaway, like, burners in the sport, too. That's where he's amazing. Can really tackle. I mean, comes downhill and is a real force on the edge, whether it's wide receiver screens, runs, whatever. There's a passion and a toughness that he plays with. So all that is, like, phenomenal. We're talking about a guy really... I'm in, that I love, and you know I'm a sucker for speed, and I go, I looked at him and went, hey, I don't know, he didn't run the 40 at the combine, but to me, his straight speed looked as fast as anybody in this draft. Has a hamstring injury, so that's why he didn't work out at the thank, combine. Thank you. So, the, yes, like faster than so, so, uh, Sauce Gardner on film, certainly, who ran 4-4-1. Faster than, you know, Trent McDuffie's of the world who ran 4-4 and change, I believe, at the Combine, too. But I think that was the first thing that jumped off to me. The big-time acceleration, the read-and-react skills are off the charts, like I talked about, in those screens. Or if a ball was completed in front of him and the guy ran a six-yard hitch route and he was playing off, his ability to accelerate, make that tackle, that's as good as anybody there is. The feet are really good, all right? The feet are good. They're not great. The hips are not great. This is where he loses a little bit. So, right, like the size, the strength, the straightaway speed, you know, if you went from that, you'd go, ooh, this might be the top corner in the draft. But then when we started getting into, you know, you hear me use the phrase transition, right? Mm -hmm. He's in a backpedal. A guy's attacking him. And now he's got to plant his foot in the ground because the guy stopped and he ran an out route. Loses his feet way too much and stuff like that. Where you just go, what, what the hell? How, you know, come on. Too many plays every game to where you go, there's a slip. Or, okay, he thinks the, the receiver's going to run the straight go route and his, his back's to the sideline. Now the receiver runs the out route. He's going to stop and break out and turn the hips. That's where he loses a little bit. He's not the most fluid hips that way, and he can be a little out of control with his footwork at times to where – that's the thing that I question the most. Okay. He's made for that bigger, fast line, straight line type of receiver. He's going to run with them. The guys that change direction really well, that would be the matchup or the guy that would scare you a little bit. So I think we have some video of him at his pro day. We talked about his hamstring injury during the combine. And unfortunately, at his pro day, he didn't participate either. Uh, core muscle surgery. So I don't know that we have that. It's just him standing around. So yeah. we really know that 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 wasn't. Uh, so you like guys who have, who are hurt? Apparently, in the first two apparently here. I did. Uh, but you hope that they get back to full strength. One of the concerns uh, outside of the injury, yeah. um, and hoping that he can get back to full strength, and and you would assume that he can, uh, is the fact that Clemson played a lot of zone. I mean, sure. almost exclusively. Yeah. Now a lot of NFL teams play a lot right. of a lot of sure. zone. Um, but maybe the the fact that you didn't see a whole lot of man or any on on his tape is yeah. that a concern for you? It, it, it is a little. I mean, you know me; I'm a man guy. Now they play some zones where it ends up being man a lot, anyways. You know what I mean? Like you're playing quarters, 
and the guys out there, like you're, you gotta, you only just go. Well, coach just told me I got this back quarter. That guy stopped at twelve yards. I'm just gonna keep going back because coach said to go back. So you you get to see enough of that. But yes, it is a lot of zone. There's no question about that. You know, but there's enough man and like I said, enough snaps of. Okay, this is, yeah, technically quarters, but it's kind of playing like man on the outside to where you get to see what you need, get to, what you need to see. It was a little surprising with Clemson because I, I just gone in years, in years past, they've been such a man football team where I was surprised to see that. But, you know, I don't know. Again, I didn't evaluate the rest of the crew there, what they were. And I can, though, speak to Andrew Booth and what he is. You know, maybe that was part of it too, a little bit. Just hey, let's let's not make him run around the field and change directions and do all that. Maybe he's not as good at that. Either way, like I said, I thought his acceleration zero to sixty, I thought was as far as good as anybody in the draft at any position altogether. Strong and physical, got size and can flat out run. He's got all the physical traits to be like special that way. But like, there's definitely mechanical foot and hip stuff that needs to be worked on, all right? Mm-hmm. But, like, I hear at the end, I wrote, Clemson put him in a lot of tough spots. He was never outclassed by anybody he played. I never saw a game where I went, oh, he just he can't stay with this guy. Sure. It's just, it's, it's not, you know. So, there you go. I, I obviously felt with my look at that there was plenty of man for me to feel comfortable that. Yeah. But he needs work in those areas as far as transition. The one thing I'll say at the end, you know, the way he tackles and how physical he is one of those guys you can look down the line and go he could probably play safety too because of the way he tackles and throws his body around so really impressive player a little bit of a straight liner has passion twitch burst straight ahead speed all of that but when we're talking about backpedal or the receivers flip me around and things like that. That's where you want more. And you just go, I wish it was a little smoother. I wish he didn't slip so much or was out of control. Mm-hmm. Or, you know, he's not quite the same athlete as he is when he goes, wait, and now I can go straight. Here I go. Zoom. First rounder, first round talent. I, I you know, I, I do. I think he's a, I wrote, you know, at the end of this, I wrote end of first, early second. Okay. You know, I think he'd be a guy that I'd look at 25 to 45, somewhere in there, you know, is, Again, that size and that acceleration, and then I think you add the physicality to it. Uh, it there's not a lot of guys out there that have built that way or have those skills to go along with it. Maybe we're getting a little bit of a type for you here, at least in this year's draft class, yeah. because your number three corner, also above the six-foot mark, your number three corner in this draft is Jalen Armoire Davis, which mm. I hope I'm saying that right. Could be Armour. Armour. Pete- Armor Davis, armoire, armoire. What's an armoire? Like a chair? Is that it a is. chair? It is. Like, or it's like a dresser, oh, a dresser. where you can put like clothes <laughs> in and stuff, yeah. right? It, I knew it was a piece of furniture. Right. Chair, dresser. They're very similar. Yes, right. Well, either way, this guy can cover you like an armor dropped on you. Okay, <laughs> armoire. Yeah. All right. Like, like he covers you like you're. He's wearing armor. I don't know tape is extremely <laughs> clean. This we do know. You look good on tape. Okay. I. You know. Like, like, first off, baseline, just Alabama right guy. Alabama guy, right. Really only a one-year starter, okay? But 6-1-197, ran 4-3-9, and nobody ever really gets open. You tell me what that translates to. I mean, I, again, I think if you just go baseline statement like that, I want to go, well, why isn't this guy getting a little more talk or credit in the draft 
you know, expert conversation a little bit. Just that's the one year stand. Maybe just the one year. Like, where where's he been? Well, I you know, yeah, that's cool. I get it. But he's been in Alabama, where there's fucking unbelievable players in front of you sometimes, and you don't get to play that much. You know, I mean, that's that that's where he's been. It's just it's hard to crack the lineup there. But length, incredible. Looks like Trayvon Diggs in his uniform. To me, one of the things I wrote down at the very end of this is that it reminds me of Diggs, lesser's ball skills, but a better pure cover guy. Like he's a better pure cover corner than Trayvon Diggs was coming out. You know, I think that's the biggest thing too. And then you talk about the length. You know, him, Sauce Gardner, to me, are the longest of the the whole the whole draft as far as that. His ability to get his hands on you at the line of scrimmage and kind of just push you to the sideline and eliminate you from the play is really good. If you're one of those guys that's, um, oh, he's quick at the line of scrimmage, he's giving me 75 different moves, he's got incredible feet and patience and doesn't lose his technique and panic or bite on things that way. And then, of course, has the speed and everything there. But I think the most impressive thing, Ahmed, is like at 6'1", 197, you know, the things we talked about with Booth that he wasn't good at, flipping the hips, putting his foot in the ground, no wasted steps, right? This kid is, it's, it's textbook. You would go, put it on a reel. Here's a guy coming out of his back pedal, foot in the ground, breaking the wall, put it on a reel. Hmm. Guy, oh, he gets flipped a little to his left, and then the guy breaks to his right. Oh, you know, put it, boom, pitter-patters out of it, puts his foot in the ground, exposed to the ball. You know, hips are really good. You know, so this is one where I turned on the film and I just went, I don't really understand this. Like, I know this guy, like, I see him on the, in the, on the, on the, the radar screen for everybody, but he's not being, to me, valued at a high enough level. When you talk about the physical ability, the place where he's come from, the technique, you know he was coached really well. And then when you put it all together and go, wait, nobody really gets open against him the whole freaking year in any game? I, I don't know. To me, it's kind of a slam dunk easy one here. The coached really well thing is yeah, interesting. Cause Nick Saban, I know. Nick Saban is, is a wizard, right? I mean, that, that's his position. He coaches yeah. the, the corners right. there. And so – Maybe that's the concern, right? If there's anything that you see, it's like, oh, he needs this, or he, uh, you, you assume that he's gotten that coaching already. I know, right? Is I that know. is that part of the concern with a with a Nick Saban? If there's anything you see, I think you're so. Like, he probably tried to address that, and maybe he's not capable. Well, of it. that 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 I mean, yeah, you're getting Alabama players, and you're more times thinking they're well schooled. We don't know how much more room they should be able to grow with technique and stuff like that. Because a, a couple places I saw noted. And I don't know if you agree with this. Yeah. They said noticeable hitch when opening to sprint. So I don't know if that's – did you – You know, I didn't look at it to be glaring to me. You didn't. I didn't say, like, when he did it and opened and sprinted, I didn't say, oh, wow, like I made a said with Booth and, like, uh, the, the, the Jones from Houston. Like, yeah, when they turn and go, it was like, oh, whoa, uh, whoa, that was zero to 60 in three yeah. steps. No, this kid is not quite like that. He's not. But I didn't sit there and go, oh, he has a problem running with fast receivers in college football. No, I still saw plenty of plays, too, where guys beat him downfield by a step or two and the ball's in the air and he closes and knocks it down. You know, So, again, these longer guys, too, it's rare sometimes that they have that incredible elite acceleration, right? And, you know, we'll, we'll get into that here in a little bit. But, but to me, um, I thought this guy was a phenomenal football player. And, yes – you know, one thing I wrote about him, you know, there's there's not a lot that I just said, wow, oh my gosh. But there also was nothing that I said, I questioned. There was not one question mark. 
Never. And even though I might have not said wow in every area, I went, oh, man, look at him sticking his foot in the ground. That's really freaking good. Mm-hmm. Oh, man, look at him burst on that ball. That was pretty damn good. Oh, look at him play the ball in the air and knock it down. It's pretty damn good. Right? So I wasn't saying, wow, best of this, best in this. But I kept going, second in this, third yeah. in this, second in this, third in this. Like, that's how I looked at it. And that's how I look at him. And I think when you couple that together with the size, uh, to me, yeah. I look at him as a total first round corner for sure. Kind of sounds like a low floor guy or a high floor guy. High floor you. guy. High floor. Exactly right. To me, it's one of the safest bets out of all the corners I watched. Again, I don't know. Maybe he doesn't become the superstar mm-hmm. because there's not the wow things like we talked about. But I don't think you're gonna. No one's gonna bust with this pick. Not from anything I see there. And you know, too he tackles. You know, he's he's an all around football player. And I know people say that with Bama too, right? I think people still a little stuck on like the D Milner thing in Alabama where it's like, yeah, I know there was a top 10 pick that didn't work at corner once from Alabama. There's been plenty that have worked. I mean, Drake Kirkpatrick worked, right? Marlon Humphrey's working. Trayvon Diggs is working, you know, Jonathan. Oh no, no he's Auburn. I'm missing a few guys. I mean, but Close yeah, enough. Minka Fitzpatrick in the secondary is working, right? I mean, they're talking about like, Guys that were going, are they the best in the sport at their position? Like, so it's working. So, again, there's real ability there. And, yes, they're coached, to your point. But this kid's ready for prime time. All right, so he's number three. Yeah. Uh, Armoire Davis out of Alabama. Is it Armoire Davis? No, no, no. We don't. No, Armoire. Armoire Davis. Armor Davis. Armor Davis. Armor Davis. Yeah, Armor Davis. Okay. I kind of like it. Armoire. That's that's our nickname. He hits you like a piece of furniture, like a dresser. Right? (laughs) Good work. Uh, So we got two left. We got two left. And I think a lot of people out there are thinking that there's a top three, right? You want to address this now? uh, Or do you want to wait till after? No, no, no. no, Let's wait. Let's wait. Let's wait. Because there's there's going to be someone you've excluded that I yeah. think a lot of people think is is a top three, and some people might have this person as number one. We'll see. Uh, your number two corner right now is Trent McDuffie from Washington. Man, I love Trent McDuffie. I, I don't know how. What, what's there not to like about Trent McDuffie? You know, again, another guy that I think you can legitimately not want to say another guy like we've talked about these a ton. Where he's different from Marcus Jones is this guy can truly do both. Right? I have no questions that this guy can play outside corner too. Really, probably the best, you know, all-around mover in the draft, let alone have the acceleration like Booth, right, to where and like, uh, uh, like Marcus Jones out of Houston to where I went, whoa, like his ability to break on the ball, close on the ball, receivers running a shallow cross or a crossing route, and his ability to accelerate and get right back in them in an even manner to where now he can make the play. I mean, that's life in the NFL. So he's got so much versatility as far as whether you want to work him inside or outside. He's got plenty of strength to play outside. He's a missile, all right? I mean, he's a missile. He's a missile as far as tackling, all right? So for that department, like, you don't have any concerns whether you got him a nickel, team runs a toss sweep. Don't worry. Trent McDuffie's going to go in there and throw his body around. You know, the acceleration, like I said, it pops. Out of the out of out of the you know out of breaks out of transition whatever, you know so that's 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 amazing. Can play off or jam. You know he was really impressive off because of the acceleration to where he's got great instincts. He could kind of look at the quarterback and feel the receiver. Oh wait, here's a slant. Let me go and try to meet the ball at the receiver at the same time. And he can do that as good as anybody in the draft as far as that's concerned too. So. That's where, you know, he is special. Um, 
top end speed is very good. Do I wish it was a hair faster? Okay, right? But I think after that, I just look at him, and here's another guy where, you know, and I feel the same way about the next guy. There's just the, the, the floor is very high. It really is. Ceiling's high, too, uh, but I don't see any bust, busts, you know, potential here. He can press. He's not great at jamming. That's not what he is. He kind of just wants to stay with you and stay in your hip pocket. He's not looking to, like, I'm going to overpower you. He knows who he is. I think that's what's really good. He has great feet. He trusts his speed, you know, uh, doesn't hold a lot. So all of that, I, I love that. And uh, takes great angles in pursuit or in coverage. I mean, he's uh, – he, I wrote – I mean, I mean, man, he's always in the wide receiver's hip pocket. Uh, he, can, he can do it off. And I, I wrote one of the things he reminds me of in a lot of ways. I thought he was a, like a little bit of a cleaner version of Christian Fulton who came out of LSU a few years ago. Okay. He was drafted by the Tennessee Titans yeah. late in the first round, right? To me, it was a very similar guy to that, except where I would go, he's probably a little more technically sound and might have a little bit better ability to accelerate than Christian Fulton did. He did not allow more than 39 yards in a game in 2021 only two deep receptions allowed in his career I, one of the knocks on him is that he didn't have a ton of pass breakups but they also didn't go his way that that often i, know, I think I know. teams knew although they i think they had a pretty good secondary all around they did uh, um, without a doubt well across the board is a good secondary but um, yeah i mean if you're going to choose and look at that group there and go wait okay i got an equal route on one side and equal route on the other side Oh, sorry, Kyler Gordon I know is viewed right. as a, a guy that's up there in the draft rankings as well. I'm going to choose him over McDuffie. I mean, definitely. I mean, McDuffie's in a different world athletically than, than Kyler Gordon. So that's where, yeah, he might have not got a lot of opportunities to make plays and all that, but that's because he's good. And he, people, teams recognize that on film and just said, let's not mess with it. And I, I think that's, that's really what it is. But, yeah, I mean, there's just – there's. You know he's not made to guard big receivers like we talked about, but this is a guy that, like the Cooper Cups of the world, he's he's made for that. He really is the medium to smaller receiver. That that's where he's going to be awesome. Yeah, Mike Evans down the field is going to be an issue for him. There's no doubt about it. Five eleven for yeah. McDuffie, but one ninety three. That's solid. Yes. And you know he's young too. Another I didn't measurable. Know that. Yeah, he he just turned twenty one in February. What do you think about the age thing? I mean, if a guy is 21 as opposed to 23, 24. It, uh, I, I probably actually feel better about that. To I, go, I would yeah, think so too. I mean, right? I mean, you know, again, it's okay, maybe he's not as mature yet as a man and as a person, but I would go, yeah, but he's also not as mature as a physical specimen yet. He's only going to get faster and stronger at 21. I mean, I was still growing at 21. I just, still uh, growing now at 41. Uh, yeah, my belly's growing, not my my height anymore. <laughs> that's for sure. I meant but, more emotionally. But, yeah, I, I, there, there's this kid is physically ready. He is physically ready. Like we talked, there's no weaknesses there. And the hips are phenomenal. The, the feet are phenomenal. And the technique's phenomenal to go along with it, let alone I think you're getting a guy who can be a top-notch starting outside corner. And really what I look at is a guy to go, he can be – Rondé Barberish special nickel cover corner in the NFL for a long, long time. And Washington has done pretty well with producing some Definitely. defensive backs, some Byron secondary. Murphy, Chris Peterson Baker. recruiting a lot of them. If you're watching on Peacock or on YouTube, you see them all right there. And we actually got a question on that. 
Eli Miller from the the homies said, yeah. rank these Washington corners coming out of the draft. Elijah Molden, Sidney Jones, Byron Murphy, Kyler Gordon, and Trent McDuffie. You can include any of those others that you see on there, too. Taylor Rapp, perhaps. Well, Marcus um, Peters is the one that I'm looking at the bottom. Marcus that was Peters. one of the first ones I remember going, damn, who the hell is this guy? 2015, round one of the Chiefs. So, yeah, yeah, yeah. How, uh, how would you rank All Trent right. McDuffie against these guys? Ooh, that, that's a good one. All right, so, um, man... I'm gonna Marcus Peters is gonna be my number one. All right, I'll make Buddha Baker two, but he was a safety. Okay, so I'm throwing him in there. But I don't know. I'm a little influenced by Buddha Baker. It's it's he's of course one of the best safeties in football. Mm-hmm. But even coming out in college, it was it was real and it was fun to watch because like in the NFL, he throws his body around and can care less about himself that way. So it's so I would probably go Peters one, Buddha Baker two. And then I think McDuffie, three. That's where I'd probably put him. Byron Murphy, four. Elijah Molden would be five for me. Okay. So there you go. It's a good question, though. I like that. All I right. always like playing that game right there. So number two, Trent McDuffie. That yeah. leads to your number one. Number two. I just wish he was a hair faster. If Trent McDuffie just had like a four three eight next to his name, right, I'd go, oh, my gosh, he's definitely going in the top 15 or 20. He really would. Uh, you know, now, you know, I don't know, somewhere between 18 and 32, 20 and 32 is what really? I Really? You down. think your number two corner is going to last that long? Yeah, man. Yeah, I do. I think this could be a year where the corners go a little lower down in the round maybe than you don't see guys in the, the top 10, maybe one. Where's your number one guy going to go? I, he's got a chance to be in the top 10. Sauce Gardner from Cincinnati. Yes, he's got a chance to be number one, hands down. First, there's just not many people on earth like Sauce Gardner. I mean, I'm not even a fan of the big, tall corner. Like, you know me. That's not my kind of cup of right. tea. But when you turn on and go, wait, the big, tall corner who's skinny, who has feet like a guy that's 5'8", 178, okay, wait, I'm interested here all of a sudden. Oh, whoa. And then you start to go, whoa, okay. Yeah, the big tall corner who usually they don't have great, you know, acceleration or speed, and it's so build up that you're like, well, yeah, by seventy yards he can really run, but we need him to really run by like ten and twenty yards. That's what he got. Oh, wait, this guy does that. Okay, wait, all right. So wait, we got size, we got unbelievable jam at the line of scrimmage, we got sick quick feet i mean quick as hell and then you go oh wait and then the speed matches it i you know again i don't give a shit what my cup of tea is he's my cup of tea if you're that 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 signed me up all right so that's where i think i was impressed with him so much i was not expecting to see somebody quite that twitchy and explosive in short areas that's that tall i wish there was a hair better straightaway acceleration right but that's like the only negative thing I can really look at. Tackling, listen, that's another negative thing. He's not a great tackler. He don't, he won't put on earth to tackle. But he's going to tackle when he has to. He's not like afraid to. The Alabama game was a big game. He made plenty of tackles in that game. So, but uh, I, I, just it's a freaky, unique looking corner, Ahmed. That that kind of just is you know kind of pops when you when you turn him on. Pro Football Focus said he was built in a lab to play press coverage. Tons of experience with it. I guess over 850 press coverage snaps in his career. Yeah, against Alabama, he was awesome. Just gave up 14 yards. They only targeted him four times in that game. And so so they knew. They say he's highly competitive, bordering on cocky. I mean, that's what you want in a corner. No question. (laughs) No question, you know. And, you know, hey, they, they... they were a team, you know, plays it all too. It plays a good amount of zone to where you get sure. to see that as well. Um, but yeah, I mean, I, I don't, 
want my corners any other way than cocky, like borderline on delusional cockiness. That that's what a corner's supposed to be. Do do we have his his tweet uh, about talking about how good he thinks he is? Oh, he. So if you're watching, he tweeted. <laughs> I'm the best player in the draft. So that's cocky. Yeah, that's, that's confident. That's cocky. You know, that's confident. His nickname, no doubt. his nickname Sauce, which is uh, his alternate name is a really good name, Ahmad. You know, it's almost it's perfect. It's almost perfect. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but he goes by Sauce because he got that nickname when he was six years old. Six years old from his Little League coach he, who liked his swagger. He goes, my personal meaning is a level of confidence. When I'm on and off the field, I make sure I've got the sauce. Uh, that keeps me going. Uh, so I, I, I love that, right? And if if you can be a good team player at the same time having uh, ultra high confidence, I mean that sounds like a number one personality to me. Yeah, well, definitely he has that kind of thing. You see his passion on the field too. You know that was the one thing I really like liked about him and Booth, especially. It's not all and talk. even Armor. Yeah, it, it's you could tell it meant something. And even Armor Davis, like it meant something to them. There was real excitement. There was real, like, get up, or you didn't get this off of me, eat that, I shut you down. I, I, I love that. you got to have that there. You know? So, yeah, I think when you look at all of that stuff all together, you know, it, it, it just to me it's kind of a no-brainer here in this one this year. You know, I, do I wish his top-end speed? Like, do I think he plays the 4-4-1? It's close. Like I said, I, 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 I wasn't going, oh, my gosh, his top-end speed is so special. But it's punny fast. And then, you know, like you said, it's the other areas that maybe make up for that speed that I wish we just had a little bit. But, you know, everything else, I mean, it, it's really incredible. He holds a hair a little much, for my opinion. He's going to be incredible in zone coverage as well. That's going to be the other thing, too. He's got good feel for the game. You can tell that. You know, he's got a receiver. They're playing cover two. He's the cover two corner. He's got a midpoint, a receiver who runs a 20-yard out route and a five-yard underneath route. He plays it just the right way, let alone with his length and then his, like, his quick twitchiness and ability to just, like, oh, wait, i got to hop over here and do this and, like, get a hand in the way. That, to me, is, is it's, it's high-level elite stuff there. Uh, so really, you're you're really looking at the guy again that he's going to be able to match up with all the big freaky receivers in football. You know the Mike Evans agains, the AJ Greens, the DeAndre Hopkins. He's made to stop those guys. This yeah. is where he is put on earth. Now, the Cooper Cups, you know the OBJs. That's the one I'd worry about him a little bit. You know, again, a little the change of direction. Wait, you had to run really fast this way. Now stop, and they'll run really fast the other way. That's what I was talking about. Like. The acceleration, I think, was the only thing I looked at to go, okay, that's not perfect. Other than that, everybody else, everything else was pretty perfect for the guy. At that length, I mean, freaky, freaky, really. And you don't have a lot of guys that come along like this very often. Your number one corner, Harry Gascoigne, wrote in, can you see, with a Wink Martindale scheme that loves aggressive corners, Sauce Gardner being that pick at number seven for the Giants? Yeah, I could. I definitely could see that being it. I, mean, I got to evaluate draft needs and team and things like that a little bit here as we go. Um, I think of the Giants. You know, I know Bradbury. He's still there, right there. Pete, am I wrong? They tried to trying to re, were they trying to restructure? Are they trying to restructure Dory Jackson's contract a little bit? Right. So I could see them in the market here, mm-hmm. and then depending on Bradbury and if they trade him or something like that, then maybe that's where Sauce Gardner 
you know, jumps in the conversation uh, for Wink Martindale and the Giants. What did you see from his teammate? Because 11 Jordan Cole wrote in and talking about Kobe Bryant, also yeah. in Cincinnati, yep. says, why is Kobe Bryant slept on? Teams avoided sauce, and Kobe still got the job done. Seems like a guy that will be a steal for someone. Yeah, it's just there's there's he's a good player. He is very smooth. To me, it's... It's it's just the pure physical ability, the the raw physical ability, you know. Mm-hmm. The I wrote some of the change of direction movement is less than some of the side to side movements was less than. He was a horrible tackler one on one, you know. Yeah, the change of direction stuff was not good enough, and then the straight line speed, you know, was just good, not great. Uh, that was the big thing. And again, Kobe Brown's a good player. And to me, I, I wrote down third round corner. But those were just some of the reasons to me why he's not in the mix with some of those guys that are, you know, towards the top of the list. Speaking of not in the mix. Yeah. All at right, all. let's get to it. Maybe this is some people's number one. In fact, when I was reading, you know, NFL.com has some scouts, some anonymous scouts that give yeah, some right. scouting reports. Uh, he said about Sauce Gardner, he goes, I see LSU cornerback Derek Stingley going before him in the draft. But he liked Sauce Gardner. Yeah. You he can't clearly, listen to scouts. They don't, they don't really know that stuff all the time anyways. Especially anonymous ones. Put your name to well, it. Well, yeah, yeah. It's, you know, uh, so if he's you a were, scout's love. He's the scout's dream. Who? Stingley, to a, to a degree. Okay, so not your dream. He's not even in your no, top five. Some no. people have him at number one. What's the deal? Well, like, listen. There's, there's a chance for great potential here. A great, but, but like, if you're putting him on number one, it's just completely projection. I mean, complete projection. I don't know how anything on film over the last two seasons could tell you that that is the number one corner in the draft. They're going three years back, which is stupid. So you're going to go three years back and make a guy number one who's gotten, I would say, worse since that point and now has injury history. And when I turn on film, I see a lot of stuff where I go, yeah, those are the smoothest hips I've ever seen and ever, maybe ever. Hmm. But uh, there's also so many plays where you go back to last year or this year where you just go, really? He's just going to get toasted like that? He's just going to let that guy do that to him? He's just not going to really care and make that tackle and let the guy run down the sidelines for a touchdown? There's, there's, there's so many play. It's, it's so many plays of just underwhelming. Like I'm not even sure if he cares about the game type of stuff. That to me is where I gotta know, and that to me, I couldn't put him there. The film did not justify top five pick or top five in in my rankings. Definitely not. You know, okay, the film three years ago did great. Things have changed. I don't know, but I think between that, between some of the games you watch from two years ago. And then, of course, he got hurt. And then, of course, this year it was, what, three, four games and then got hurt again? And it wasn't like, oh, wow, this is unbelievable stellar play here. Uh, th- that, to me, is where I just I couldn't put my name to it. And, and I fully recognize that we could be talking about a guy three years ago now and then go, man, yeah, I mean, I know the potential was real. But, you know, I, I don't know. There was a lot of things not to like, too. So that's where I don't know where to fall with Derek Stingley. And I, I have great respect for him. His family, I know his dad played, you know, NFL football or, or uh, at least football. His grandfather, of course, is the great receiver from the Patriots who got paralyzed. And I have a lot of, like, respect here. But 
I don't know really what to expect from the kid, and I feel like a lot of the rankings are totally predicated on what they saw three years ago on film or where he was ranked coming out of the high school, out of high school, and that's all cool. But the last time I heard this type of story, you know, what the story it was. It was his name's Robert Kimdichi, right? Even though this, the tape was horrible, and I saw people double teaming him down the field, and he was 24 yards down the field being blocked. Everyone's, like, did you see his body? Did you see that one play he made seven weeks ago? Did you see it? That with the body, he's, oh, he's a good player. But why? I have 74 plays in a row here where he did nothing. And he gives up and he gets pancaked and all that. And that's not to say it's to that extent, but that's kind of how I feel with Stingley a little bit. Where I want to go, no, we're all just, we're hoping for something here. But can you realistically say he's the number one corner? That, that to me, I, I couldn't do that. 2019 was a long time ago, and he was. I think he was named the best freshman in college football. He was awesome on the national championship team when it was all rolling. I think if you want to, you can explain away 2020 as the pandemic year. Things were weird. No fans. Sure. You know, it's hard to get motivated. Sure. 2021, he gets hurt early on. Liz Frank. Um, it doesn't look motivated if you, in either if you, year either. That's yeah, what bothers that's, me too. That's in either concern. year. Let alone letting people who are not as talented beat him on, ra- on, on certain routes and Brant Partial, though, yeah, you're a believer in pure raw ability I at am. the cornerback position. Yeah, would you say that Derek Stingley has the best pure ability in the class? <sighs> Maybe he doesn't have the motor anymore. Uh, there, there's, yeah, he has the greatest potential here. He has the greatest potential, but it's just too few and far between. You're not, you're not banking. On I it can't coming go back. on not, just yes. total potential total. if I don't have some stuff to consistently back it up, right? I can't. I understand what people saw with Robert Kimdichie. I get it. I, I saw some of it. But I went, okay, there's one, and now I have 74 other plays to go. That's not good. I don't know why I've come up with a number 74 to say that. But th- that, to me, is, you know, again, let me, you want me to read you some of the stuff? I mean, you're liking the number 74 better than Derek Stingley. I, I, yeah. I mean, he looks like a superstar. He looks like one of the top cornerbacks of all time. That's how I started off my evaluation. Mm hmm. Great pair of legs, silky smooth athlete, incredible body control, and has strength. You know, has as good a hips as you're going to find. I mean, flipping hips, turning and running, all that. I wrote. Then I. Then I wrote, sorry, go ahead. What do you want to say for that? I, I was just, I, I, like, it all makes sense. It's like you're just not banking that that potential will be reached. I, I, exactly. I and then it. I write, like, how, uh, you don't really, you never see him get to really turn it on. He never really runs down players. You never see him, like, somebody catch a ball and he gets pissed off and goes, I'm going to go get him. You never see him, like, um, put his foot in the ground and give 100% effort. I'm going to accelerate and break the ball up or make the tackle. It's never. It's always like, I could have been better. I could have done it better, but I still did it and look cool doing it. Like and, and again, I don't mind. I'm not trying to attack the kid personally. I'm just telling you what it comes off of what you saw. on film. Yeah. And yeah, I do. I question how straight ahead fast he is, right? And I know he knows how to play a little bit. His technique is pretty good. But I wrote it's just like he's bored sometimes. There's no suddenness, no urgency in the game at all. No twitch. Never really plants his foot in the ground and takes off or drives in a ball or hawks someone. You know. I just, those are the things that bother me. I right. just, I can't take this kid in the first round just because of the, some of the stuff I'm seeing there. I'm not going to take a kid in the freshman from what I saw three years ago as a freshman. Fresh, uh, freshman. Mm-hmm. So, you know, messes up some coverages at times, 
You know, there's there's definitely plays on tape where you can go, yeah, there's a mix-up. He didn't know if he was supposed to get this guy, that guy, what his rule was. You know, so and then I already am questioning, wait, how locked in is he? How important is it to? And then you see those things, you go, well, shit, right. I don't know. You know, and it never really gets that explosive or twitchy. It's really hard to find a bunch of snaps in a row to go, oh man, this game right here, he's 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 all over it. He's putting it together. Yeah, you know. And the same with the top end speed. I never really know if he, I always go. I'm, I don't know if I saw a clip where he's ever running full speed right. after the freshman year. Okay, this is like the episode. So, this is part of the show where they go, a "Doctor, he's dead." Doctor, Sorry. The, the patient's dead. I know, but uh, I, that's, just what, that's just what scares me. And uh, you know, again, I, this is one where I hope I'm wrong because the guy, he looks like he could be Darrell Revis. Well, in and, a lot and, of ways. and all it takes is for an evaluator to be like, he's going to get back there. He's yeah. going to be the best corner in this draft. And so our, our friends over, at I would be bet, shocked. Shocked if he goes in the top twenty-five. That'll be to tell you right there. Shocked. Right, so you think these odds are two off injuries then. in a row with two injuries in a row with average tape? We'll see the odds. Let's go. Okay, points bet yeah. has the first corner drafted odds. Yeah, the favorite is your guy. Yeah, Ahmad Garner sauce at minus three twenty-five, but right below him, Derek Stingley. Yeah, Junior. Yeah, plus two twenty-five. Right, which indicates to me. That they're pretty confident he's in the first round. Second choice to be because you you think there are going to be how many corners in the first round? All said and done, maybe you wouldn't do it, but how many corners are going to go in the first round? Say four, four. So they think he's a yeah. first round. Now, like, listen, the guy Roger McCreary down at the bottom there from Auburn. Yeah, you know, that, I I can understand some. I I wrote late first, early second with him. He wasn't as my favorite as far as some of the others, but really good. I mean, really good. So he could go Elam from Florida. Mm-hmm. You know, I thought he was a little stiff and like I didn't love him, but I could see teams liking them and and going that way. So yeah, I think we're going to get four. I would. You know, there was a lot that I got uh that I liked about the Mercury kid. He would have probably been the next guy like up on the list for me. Roger McCreary from he, Auburn. Auburn. He was he was. The only thing I thought missed from his game was was top end cornerback speed. That was the only thing. Everything else I thought was absolutely phenomenal. And he was the one that, you know, I was really like kind of in a spot of going, wait, do I want to take him or the kid from Houston? I don't know. I was in, so in love with the kid from Houston. And then, of course, his kick returns. I just went, you know what, I'm going to go with the kid in Houston, mm-hmm. even though I like Roger McCreary from Auburn a whole lot. All right, so our friends over at Points Bet give you the odds. Chris does not necessarily but, but agree. See, with, the odds no. are predicated on public, right? Yeah, I mean, yeah. yeah. On, so, on I mean, perception. Again, I know. So, you know, then that, it, that's that's the big thing right now. You can't turn anything on right now to tell you Stingley's not, you know, just a, a top-notch guy in the draft. I will be very interested to see his pro day. I believe yeah. he's working out Wednesday this week. It's either Tuesday or Wednesday this week. Today is it? It might be. Is it today? I think it might be later today. So that's one where I'm I'm definitely want to tune in to see that and and want to see if he runs forty and does some of these other times too. So Chris says don't bet on Stingley, and Chris also says about points bet that it's really good and you should download the app. Okay, (laughs) that's the first thing you should do. I say that every time. All right, and if you're in an eligible state, points bet has an exclusive. Sign up offer for unbuttoned listeners that you can't miss. Download the PointsBet app. Use code NBC2K 
NBC2K to sign up and get two risk-free bets up to $2,000. So if you bet 100 and lose, Ahmed, you will get free bets worth $100. That's a freaking good deal. Seems good like deal. a win-win for me. Once the game starts, don't just bet. Live your bet life with points bet. Man, I fucking killed it today. Clap it killed up. It. Good. Only not even to the end seventy-five. That was that was well done. Yeah. All right, so that closes the book for now on the corner rankings. I'm sure the homies will have some questions for you that maybe yeah, you can get I into at a later date. Yeah, there's some um, other guys too to give some love, but we'll do that at a later date too. But we're we're on a time crunch here. Kristen's kicking us out. Twelve twenty-five. Twelve twenty-five. So yeah, maybe twelve thirty. But on the nose. Uh, to take you behind the curtain there and when we're actually doing this right now. Oh, Chris is furiously typing a text message right now, too. No, I'm just making sure I got all my stuff here. I'm ready. I'm um, good. I'm that's good. right. That's not good. Pete says, put your phone down. We got to rip through these uh, safety rankings. Uh, five through one. Yeah. There's, there's a big number one. Again, with the, the kid from Notre Dame, um, Hamilton, Kyle Hamilton. We'll see if he's number one for you. Yeah. But first, real quick, you said that this position has changed yeah. in the NFL. Right. How? Well, it's just like it's looked at so differently. First off, you know, defenses like we've talked about, they play nickel defense so much. So you have that guy who's like, wait, he's kind of a good covering safety, but because we took the linebacker out, we're going to make him kind of play nickel, you know, just because we can, we can count on that guy to do the physical aspects of taking on a block or stopping the run game or wide receiver screen. So there's that guy. You know, there's the, okay, the free safety nickel hybrid. Then there's the traditional safeties. You're just like, hey, it's a free safety, a strong safety. Then you got guys that are like, whoa, they're truly in the box, like Cam Chancellor. It's like Mm -hmm. a de facto, really a linebacker who's in the mix there. Jamal Adams, same type of thing there, too. You know, so there's that aspect. Then you also have the aspect of, like, teams drafting safeties almost to the cornerback uh, knowledge we used before of going, wait, we're going to use this guy to match up against you know some pass-catching tight ends, and we're going to use him that way. That's how we're going to use him. So that's how it's being used You know, as far as it's a different look this day and age. And so many times some of these free safeties or strong safeties, like the kid Nazardine from um, Florida State last year. I kept going, damn, he's too slow. He can't play safety. He can't do that. Oh, guess what the Jets did? They got him there and they said, hey, we like small linebackers. Play linebacker. So there's that aspect, too, to where you got to look at it to Mm -hmm. go, there's some teams out here in the NFL that don't like that big linebacker, and they'll look to convert some of these bigger safeties and go, now you'll be a really fast linebacker. So there's a lot of different ways to look at this group right here. It's becoming very hybrid. It is very hybrid. And And you do. It seems like you do have a type. You've always liked the Jamal Adams type where you can play him. You can do a bunch of different stuff. Gives you options. Gives you options. Exactly right. That's for sure. All right, so we'll see if your guys give teams options yeah. here, starting with your number five safety in the draft class for 2022. Percy Butler. All right, this is going to be like kind of my off-the-radar guy as far as like guys that, that you know maybe nobody's heard of Louisiana. or whatever else. Louisiana, right? And to the point of like what we were just talking about, this is a guy, too, that there's not – he's not versatile. He's not. He's a free safety, and a free safety pretty much all the way. You want him as a coverage safety and almost as nothing else. Hmm. Now, he will tackle, right? He's not afraid to tackle. He's phenomenal on special teams. It's like one of the first things you read about him when you do a little, like, you know, 
re- recog stuff. It's everyone talking special teams, special teams, special teams. And then you look, turn on the film and you go, the dude comes downhill in a hurry in the run game and screen games and everything too. Now he's not the greatest open field tackler from this standpoint. Like, right, has incredible feet, off the charts acceleration. The fucker ran four three six at the combine, right? He can fly, Ahmed. And when he reads it and goes, I mean, it's rocket up his ass and he goes. Now, where he's not the best at, he can come down a little out of control. And, you know, his ability to, as a safety, in my opinion, and I'm doing this and hopefully people know on, like, YouTube, I always kind of call it the Cam Chancellor a little bit. Cam Chancellor used to, you know, come down from the safety position and he had a real wide base and his feet would be like kind of hopping in place right because he's just ready like if you go this way I'm going to change my direction if I go that way I'm going to change my direction but I'm going to break down and you won't be able to break my ankles and I'm going to make the tackle yeah that's not what he's the best at that's the one area that I look at to go no there's a little issue here but when you talk about ball skills playing the ball in the air you know ability to like run with top tier receivers burst it's wowing it's wowing Really is. To me, he's made for the pass. He's an NFL free safety, and um, he's, he's got an elite skill in his fact of like his ability to cover, run the ball down in the air. There's some elite, treat, uh, elite traits with this kid as far as speed, acceleration, and the feet. The feet are real. Now, you talk about change direction and the feet. There's a little difference to me there. Like change of direction, yes, you know, like we're talking about breaking down, trying to get a one-on-one tackler. His feet, though, like let's say he's in the back pedal and now a receiver crosses his face and runs the, the post route. He's got incredible feet to, you know, chop, 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 turn him and go. Or, or you know, wait, I was flipped one way and now I got to, like, chop my feet and turn around and burst the other way. He's great that way. It's just not the breakdown, wide base, change of direction stuff that he's the greatest at. That's what NFL.com, if you, you read some of their stuff on him, they say he's feast or famine. In his tackling approach, either it's a huge hit or maybe exactly. a broken arm tackle, just a, a, a bad, a bad angle. Um, so, um, is he this looks a like guy, a top tier receiver almost the way is, he moves? Is sometimes. this a guy that you know you like him? Yeah, but is this a guy who, when the draft comes, yeah, is going to be maybe a good steal for someone in the third round, second round? Is that I could see that happening. Go? I could see that being the case for this. Yes, I could see this being a guy that's. Late second, you know, maybe a third rounder, right? And I, I'm not expecting Percy Butler to go top five in the draft, or you know, in the first round. I'm not. I, I wrote that down, and I wrote end of second, third round, with the chance to be really big time as an NFL football player, you know. But yeah, I, I think I'm probably going to be one that's a little higher on him. But in a league where we talk about, you know. The pass game and it's so prevalent and the quarterbacks and all of that and it's not the safety's not necessarily about the Ronnie Lott guy as much anymore. You know the guy that can cover and run down the field with a tight end or or just play the back end and break on the ball and play center field and do all that. There's a need for that. There's a real need for that in the NFL and that to me is where he's going to thrive. So he is number five for you, Percy Butler out of Louisiana. I'm starting to figure out why uh, Cincinnati was so good. Last year, we talked about two other corners. One, right. you got number one, um, and you got a safety in your top five as well. Number four for you. Yeah, Brian Cook. Brian Cook was – now, this is a traditional safety. And, like, yeah, you're exactly right. The more and more you start to look at, like, games and you go, well, okay, I understand why Cincinnati only lost one game leading <laughs> into the, the – or was undefeated going into the Alabama game. 
I mean, yeah, quarterback good, damn good receiver. Holy shit, the whole secondary is going into the NFL. I mean, yeah, that's that's where you start there. But traditional safety, you know, he's bigger than you know the last guy we talked about this way. This is a guy to we where he's a little bit more of like in the box, you know, strong safety type but certainly can play the back end and be a free safety as well. You know, you could see coverage real, really good hips. He's very smooth. He's got great body control that way. You know, when he gets down to the line of scrimmage, he can set the edge. And then, you know, he, unlike Percy Butler, who we just talked about, was phenomenal at doing the, let me break down and do the Cam Chancellor shuffle there, right? That, to me, is where he was great. His ability to break down and be twitchy and change directions and, and make tackles that way, I thought were really, really good. All right? So that was what I, I loved about the game. And then, you know, he likes to hit. Right, he's he's a traditional strong safety that way, but he's strong safety plus because of the kid's ability to cover too. So that's where I liked him. Um, you know, can take on blockers, shed them, gets off. You know, the blockers makes a lot of tackles that way. And then I I thought you know really on film, he he's he's really fast. Like I questioned if he wasn't faster than Sauce Gardner on film. Hmm. And I wrote that down. And I just wrote, he's, he's definitely faster than the other corner, which was, uh, uh, was that Cody Bryant or Kobe Bryant? Kobe, yes. Kobe Bryant, right? And then I just, I kind of wrote down, is, is he faster than Sauce? Um, but the ability to come downhill and break down, run sideline to sideline is special from this kid. And, you know, the guy I ended up writing, ended up going, I couldn't figure out, I go, I can't figure out who he reminds me of. I, I, I ended up writing with his body type and the way he plays. He, to me, he reminded me of Harrison Smith a little bit. And that's high praise. Mm-hmm. But I think this is a guy that can go anywhere from 20 to 40, Ahmed. I really do. He's your traditional free safety, strong safety type that's going to make his living more at the second level than in the back end. But, man, there's nothing the guy can't do. He's, he's really pretty good at both spots. Well, one of the knocks that I read with yeah. him, and I, I need you to kind of interpret yeah. this for me sure. and see if you agree with it. Okay. He it said, needs to play with quicker punch and release near the line. First of all, what does that mean, and do you agree? Well, I, you know, I, I, I didn't see that. You know, again, yeah. I think what they're talking about is like punch and get off, right? And, and I believe that's what they're talking about. You know, again, it depends on how you're coached to that stuff too. You got to be a little careful. Like some teams could coach it of, we want you to lock out, hold on. We don't want you to punch and get off anything. We want to mm-hmm. kind of stay here until the very last second, and then you disengage and got to do it. Because sometimes when you punch and get off, you end up leaving other holes or gaps, right? So the thing I saw more times than not was the ability to lock out people that were bigger than him. And I go, he's not being like, he's not in a position where he's being controlled here. He's actually quite in control of the situation Mm -hmm. and kind of assessing and then going to disengage and go make the tackle. And that to me is where I thought he was really good. Like when I saw screen games or, or toss sweeps or things like that, you know, okay, he's over the slot, right? And they throw a screen, and now a receiver comes up and gets him. He was phenomenal, like taking that guy on and going, wait, I got my, my job was to take the edge away here. So, yeah, you're blocking me, but I'm going to move you to the edge while you're doing that. And then if that guy gets to the edge, I'm going to throw you away and make the tackle. I saw plenty of that to be very comfortable in that department. A physical guy, Brian Cook, 6'1", 206, Cincinnati, you're number four. You're number three safety. A little bit smaller, not yeah. that much, though. Well, this goes into our different thing a little here. But, yeah, go ahead. You want to say it? He's from your place. 
Dun, 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 dun. Is that the first time you've ever sang that? I know you don't like no, to do I love that, that song. Well, I, I love the song. Like I the, love the school. I just don't like Jim Harbaugh. But I give a lot of credit to Jim Harbaugh <laughs> for what he did this weekend with Colin Kaepernick. And did you hear Frank Gore? You know, he's retiring. Right. Great football player. Right. right. They asked him, who is his favorite coach of all time? Right. Who do you think he said? Jim Harbaugh. Jim Harbaugh. Yeah. Of the 49ers. Right. And Frank Gore is a great guy. He's Frank had a Gore, lot of coaches. He is a great guy. He has a lot of coaches. Jim He's Harbaugh. had a lot of coaches. That tells you. That, yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. So you might not have so many good coaches. That's the problem there. <laughs> That's true. That's a good call. Uh, your number three for Michigan, Daxton Hill. Man, I love Daxton Hill. Like, love him. Like, first off, now this guy's different, Ahmed. This is not your traditional, like, safety type of guy here. This is... You know, if you wanted to classify him as a nickel corner, I'd go, okay, yeah, we could do that and put him in the nickel corner class, right? We could do that. But, you know, you, you see traditional safety stuff. You do. But I think where he really thrives, or at least popped to me, is when he was playing nickel. And, again, you see a lot of these safeties in college. They put him at the nickel spot now because they just go, right, it's like we talk about. It's, the game's become such a speed, space game, wide receiver screens, read option, all that stuff to where – you want a guy like this out on the edge. But first off, like coverage skills, hips, like feet in and out of breaks and transition and all that, it, it's really up there with like the top corners in the draft. So that's the first thing you go and you go, man, the guy's extremely smooth that lay, let alone he plays with a physicality and a style of like some of the safeties where you go, damn, look at him get off this block and make that tackle. Let him shoot in there and like a missile right at the guy's, you know, quads and take him out in the running game. Like, so he had everything that's from that standpoint, you know, he's got a thinner frame, but man, he doesn't play like a thinner frame at all. And really, I thought like the four three eight speed was very real and true to form. What I saw on film, um, I, I ended up like writing down for one of the guys. I, I go, this is Jesse Bates, like out of out of Cincinnati, right? Mm-hmm. Who came from Bengals. from Wake Forest? Yeah, he didn't. Jesse Bates played more of the traditional free safety spot in college, but if he was on Michigan, he'd have been playing this Daxon Hill combination. And to me, that's where they're great. It's like, yeah, undersized safety that's great in the pass game, got great ball skills, and they hit and tackle like they're 30 pounds bigger than they actually are. Mm-hmm. And that's what Daxon Hill is for sure. So why is he yeah. not a tweener and maybe more of a bother? In your mind. Yeah. Because you, know, you hear about it. Right. Oh, we don't know. Is he a yeah. corner? Is he a safety? And right. sometimes that hurts a yeah. player. No, I know. You don't think it hurts him? Well, I don't think it's hurt him. And I think Minka Fitzpatrick soothed people over a little bit with that stuff to realize, like, like listen, he can cover and tackle. If you can't figure out how to use that in the NFL, then I, you got problems. It's not him. It's you. Right? I mean, that, that's where I look at it. And I think you get to see the majority of his film is in that one area to where it's different than – you know, Minka when he was coming out, or Justin Simmons at a Clemson, uh, not Justin Simmons, uh, uh, you know, the Isaiah other. Simmons. Isaiah Simmons, thank you very much. I got Justin Simmons written down as another comp for Dax Hill. That's a good comp. That I wrote down, right. You know, thinner, really unbelievable change of direction. But unlike just Isaiah Simmons, excuse me, and Minka, like with Daxon Hill, you could, he's at the slot nickel spot about 90% of the time. So you really get to see what he is. And. At the very least, you go, wait, we're drafting him to play that position right there, right? And then, oh, okay, we didn't, we'd like to see him backpedal at free safety a few times. That's not going to be a problem, hmm. you know? I thought he, really, the ball skills were of that of the top corners in the draft, I thought. Um, 
You know, and I wrote the comparisons to me were Jesse Bates, Justin Simmons. He's involved in so many plays. You always know where he is out there. Everything is easy and smooth. He he was put, I thought, in the toughest position on the defense. They put more on his plate than anybody else on that defense as far as what was expected to scheme. A lot of the times he was in the spot where you'd go, oh, this play is meant to fuck this position up. And they didn't because it's Daxon Hill, and he's so good at his position and playing it that way. I like Daxon Hill a lot, man. One of the knocks maybe on him was, uh, or at least a yeah, question, right. was his ball skills. Because yeah. they, they said that on, on tape there yeah, a few times a where lot, he was in good position. He's in great position, no doubt. He just no didn't doubt. make the play sometimes. Uh, that, that's, a, that's a fair. I like that you're bringing these up, too, because I, you know sometimes I, I go off a of memory of these, and I don't always hit some of these negatives. I, I, it's a true thing. You know, I did it wasn't so glaring like to where in years past I've had corners where I've gone, man, he's over all over everybody all the time, but never makes a play. But there was a certain amount of plays where you go, shit. You know? You're Damn, there. you're there. Yeah. Damn. Just yeah, we gotta just fine tune that a little bit. But to me, but that's the hard part is being there. You know? Again, one of the all pro corners or pro bowl corners from last year in the NFL, AJ Terrell. You know what his big knock was coming out in the NFL draft? Ball skills? Did you see him play against Jamar Chase? Jamar Chase had a good game against him. Mm. Oh, really? Jamar Chase <laughs> had a good game against him? Yeah. You know, I to me, that. if you remember correctly, that to me was like AJ. That was when I knew AJ Terrell was real because I went, Jamar Chase never got open the whole game. Never. I mean, he caught a bunch of passes, but A.J. Terrell was there all game. You can teach better technique on how to play the ball or play the ball into the guy's hands better. You can't teach the guy to stay in the pocket of the guy that runs 4-3. And that, to me, is where people over-evaluate at times. You know, the hard part is staying with the guy, and, you know, you mentioned it. Yeah, we want to see a little bit better, though, with the ball. That we, guy, you know. we had a question from one of the one of the homies out there. You just mentioned A.J. Yeah. Terrell. And yeah. So, and it was a question on... I can't find it right now, but um, oh, here it is. Here it is. Yeah, sorry. Yep. sorry. Cool. Uh, Pete has moved it down to the rundown because I had skipped it. Yeah, it was it was uh, for good reason. What did uh, it say? Ashley Riddler says, "Hey, Chris and Ahmed from the UK, love the show and love listening to the ranking shows. Thank you. Controversy sells." And then he has a, <laughs> a laughing emoji. Uh, he goes, "Falcons fan uh, for my sins, but some mocks have us taking a corner high in the draft. Would that be a bit of a waste because we already have AJ?" Terrell. So you do see some mocks out there. You have the Falcons perhaps taking a person in the secondary, uh, a corner there. Um, just You were talking about A.J. Terrell, so I wondered your thoughts yeah. on that. They definitely need help in the secondary yeah. in Atlanta, for sure. Now, you know, do they want to go there with, what do they got, pick seven or eight or somewhere right in that range to where I don't think it's happening in there at that pick? I would think Atlanta's one of the few teams that's really in the conversation for maybe taking a quarterback in the top ten. Mm. You know, you know. Again, I mean, we'll discuss this at the time. But like, what? what uh, Atlanta's in the top ten. If you like one of these three quarterbacks that I look at as a first round court, take it. What are you going to do? Kick the candle next year and go? Well, I hope there's one we like next year, and I hope we don't play that good and have a high pick. Yeah. You know, just address it now. So I would think they're in that conversation there. But I have no problem. Again. You, the NFL with the receivers and the quarterbacks right now, you need more than one guy. You do. And we've seen that from some of the teams we mentioned earlier, early on. Unless you have some crazy great pass rush, okay, that's you can get away with 
you know, an average to a barely above average secondary. But if you don't, you need guys that can match up at certain times and, and understand how to play football that way. So I could see them going that way maybe in the second round. Sure. Something there for sure. So you really like Dax Hill. He's your number three. So I you really must like, really like You must really like your top two here. Number two, as far as safety is in the 2022 NFL draft for you, is Lewis Seen. Thank you. For Georgia. saving me. Yeah. I should do these things. If I was a professional, I'd look up how to say these guys' names. But it, that just tells you I'm so into football, and I don't necessarily look at stats and all this kind of stuff. You just look at number. I oh, was, yeah. was going to say Lewis Sign, but yeah. good thing you said Seen. That's you, right. You helped me there. I saw the sign, and it was Seen. Oh. And he's number two for you. And he opened up your mind? <laughs> that's what he did? So, so how good a safety can be. <laughs> yeah. uh, that's, a, that's a classic of ours right there. <laughs> the sign by uh, who the hell was that group? I saw the sign that it opened. Yeah, I have no idea you who don't the group know, was. What is oh, it? Ace of Base. Ace of Base. Kristen. Yeah, come on. We got to know that one. There. Of course. Um, this might have been, this is another one of my favorite watches in the draft. All right. Any position. Any position so far. And again, I'm only about halfway through all positions. All right. I'm behind. And, but I'm just a sucker for guys that can fly and have no regard for their body. I mean, if anybody knows me since I've been doing this, whether it was Bleacher Report before here, these are my kind of guys. Wait, he's got three rockets up his ass and he runs through brick walls? Sign me up. I want him. So, yes, I love, I love this kid. He's tall. He's long. All right? He's a little bit narrow. It's a little bit of a different build that way, okay, to a degree. But, I mean, can really run. I mean, 4-3-7 on, you know, at the combine, it's 4-3-7 on the field. It's as, it's as fast or as fast as any corner in the draft, just straight away. So his burst, you know, out of backpedal, if he's backpedaling, a tight end runs the Y out, his ability to put his foot in the ground and go and drive on the ball, off the charts good. I mean, he's got great acceleration. He's not the most fluid with hips, Ahmed. You're not going to want him, like, necessarily guarding some shifty tight end maybe that can, you know, run a double move or things like that. That's not what he is, all right? But, you know, he makes up with it with the acceleration I talked about. And then a little bit like we talked about with the guy from Louisiana, has incredible feet. So it might not always be the smoothest, greatest hips in the world and all of that, but this, and then you just tell me to run straight, man, he can fly. He really can. Let alone, I think he was the most physical. He he or Cook, I think, would classify as the most physical tackler's presence on the field as far as the safeties in this draft. And it's not like he's a giant guy. You know, 6'2", good height, but 199. 199, I know. I know. But he plays a lot bigger than that. Plays Fearless hitter. Fearless. Like, crazy. Reckless abandon. Right. Uh, yeah, I got here, runs with a, an intent to deliver a message. Yes, so he that, does. That message was received right. on, on film. And he was... he. He came up in big spots for Georgia, too. And I don't know how much you look into that. You know, it's like you throw out the stats and all that. But, I mean, they played in a lot of big games. Lot of and big in those games. big games, it was Lewis Seen who was, who was coming up big. He, he, I, I, I watch, that's what I do, first off. I, I try to watch the big games, right? Because usually the big games, you're seeing the best competition. It gives you the best feel. You knew he was out there in every one of those games. Hmm. He has a real presence in the run game and the pass game. And he, you know, the pass game, short passing game, screens, all of that. You know, like Daxton Hill and like the number one safety we're going to hit on here in a minute, their ability to read and react and kind of be a step ahead of the play, that, does, that jumped off too. You got to have that at safety. You know, I, I thought there was 
You could tell he's smart, not only by angles he takes, you know, having a little anticipation for what routes are coming, but also was the quarterback of the defense. I mean, it's, it's every play. It's not every play he's looking around going, wait, what am I doing? What am I doing? Everybody's asking him, and he's pointing everybody what to do. So that's another thing I look at to go, okay, wait, the, it looks like he's instinctive, and now it, he's the quarterback of the defense, so he must be smart and really have a clue. And then you talk about the speed, the length again, and the, just the pure physicality, it is real. To me, again, the guy he reminds me of in my comparison, and I know I didn't, I didn't write comparisons down for everybody, I wrote the body and the player himself is like Marcus Williams from the Saints who just signed a huge contract with the Ravens, yep. right? It's that, except he's maybe not as good in coverage, but he's better in the run game. He's more of a hitter and got the physical presence about him. That. Say, or I wrote Eddie Jackson. You know Eddie Jackson, who, of course, for the Bears, got a big contract a few years ago? Similar to that, but I just wrote faster and more physical. Similar build to that, though. A little bit more narrow, not your traditional, like, whoa, he's got traps and biceps and tries, and this is Ronnie Lott or Cam Chancellor, right? This is, again, I think this is the new age is these guys, but um, I really liked him. He was one of my favorites, and I like kamikazes at the safety position, and he has a little of that in him. So where where would you like him to play the most? He's a, he's a free safety, strong safety type of guy. Okay. He's the guy that you don't want over the nickel like Daxton Hill, you know? Cook from Cincinnati can do some of that stuff. This is a guy you want, hey, he's in the deep middle, and we want you, if they throw a go route to the chase on this side or one to Higgins on the other side, we expect you to be there when the ball gets there because you're fast and you can turn and go that way. And then, okay, hey, this next play, oh, the other guy went back to free safety. We need you to get right in between the Will and Sam line, or the Will and Mike linebacker here and insert, and you're responsible for the B-gap here in the run game. And if you see a run coming, you got to lay the sledgehammer down and go make the tackle. He's made for that. So to me, he's truly traditional safety that way. So you like him a lot, your favorite watch. I do like him said. a lot. Yeah, yeah. I get, I get a little excited about those guys. You like your number three as well, so that must mean <laughs> you really like your number one safety in this class, and that is? It's Hamilton. I mean, Kyle Hamilton, Kyle Notre, Dame. Notre Dame. You know, is he a generational talent you don't throw that around don't just don't just give that to someone because we want to make sure that you can't just have a generational talent safety every year would you put him in that category yes i think i would and some recent concerns about him uh, there is some recent concerns there is i get it the 40 time when he ran we ran four five nine at the combine right MKE says, do you think Kyle Hamilton's, before we get into your effusive praise, yeah. let's just start with this. Yeah, fine. MKE says, do you think Kyle Hamilton's combine and pro day 40 are red flags? When I look at his tape compared to scenes in Daxton Hills, he looks, quote unquote, slow. Well, he's different than them, right? You know, scene, like we talked about, his acceleration is off the charts. I mean, it's 4-3. It's elite receiver, elite corner type speed. So, yeah, he's not that for sure. Now, He's 30 pounds bigger than Daxon Hill, too. Let's Two, remember that. 226.4. Exactly. He's a giant. So there's a different man here. We're talking about a totally different guy, right? And, like, the speed, yeah, I'm a little disappointed in it. I'm, I hear everybody. But, like, have just seen too much on film for me to go, I'm, I'm not really worried about it. I mean, how, how many times you got to see him run down a running back or a receiver or – 
you know, playing center field and breaking on a ball and covering as much ground as anybody in this. So, like, the acceleration and all that, yeah, it's not top-notch. But I didn't come away watching film going, man, it's, it is. It's It's 4-6. He's slow. I, I did not at all. I really didn't. You were surprised at the time. It surprised wasn't like it didn't confirm I was definitely thoughts. surprised at the time. I thought he would have been mid-4-5, maybe... Four four eight four four nine something like that. But here's the other aspect of this. First off, tell me this right here. Here's a slot receiver, right? First off, out of all the safeties, other than Daxon Hill, this is the guy that's probably got he's got the best coverage skills. I mean, he can play almost nickel corner. I mean, really. All right, so here we go. Does this guy? Does this right here look like a guy that runs four six five or four five nine? It doesn't to me. Again, I, I don't know. And there's a lot of plays on film like this. You know, and then you talk about, okay, 6'4", he's 220. He can do all of this. He's phenomenal at this stuff, Ahmed. He can play second-level linebacker, strong safety, nickel, free safety. He can kind of do everything there. And because of that size and length, you know, he's very good at like kind of what we talked about with Cook with Cincinnati. I mean, there's just so many plays where, oh, it's a toss sweep and the slot of the tight end are trying to block him. And he kind of just, oh, no, you're not going to block me. I'm going to hold you out here. Okay, now the ball's out in my area. Get away from me. I'm going to make the tackle. Too much of that. You know, feel instincts of the game. Just knowing like, you know, hey, oh, it's, you know, it's a third and short. The ball might go in the flat here. I've seen this on my film study, blah, blah, blah. And just seeing it, recognizing it and go. I mean, to me, you know, those things were all really special. So that's, that's you know, why I would make him number one. Is he generational to me like he was? Like, was it like Jamal Adams, okay? Jamal Adams, when he was coming out, I remember turning on the film going, oh, my freaking gosh, this guy is unreal. I remember going, is this the best player in the draft? Hmm. Like, that's what I was, you know, I hadn't watched the whole draft at the time. I didn't come away like that with Kyle Hamilton. I'm not going to lie. But... 6'4", 220, run, hips, like ball skills. Everything is actually above average to elite except for a 40 time in spandex. When I just go, okay, I get it. I like fast guys. Everybody knows that. But if the the film doesn't concern me that way, then then I'm not going to go crazy over that 40 time and four five nine at the combine is plenty fast for me to with the tap the tape that goes along with it there was a talk there for a while that my detroit lions no maybe at number two i know. I, no. should take a look at kyle hamilton yeah you say no i say no no to me that's first of two too high i don't think he's that great all right second thing is the thing that i think hurts kyle hamilton a little bit is there's a lot of good safeties that's gonna hurt him i think because I think if you're sitting there and going, wait, we're a team at pick number seven or eight and we need a safety, you go, well, there's going to be a good one on the board at the top of the second round when you're picking a 39 there. There's going to be a good one, right? Or you could go, maybe, maybe you trade down if you need a safety. You know, again, I don't think the difference between Kyle Hamilton was so much greater okay. than the rest of the group that you go, Oh, we have to have him right now at pick six or five or seven. All right, so Pete, yeah. we we have to block Chris's tab of generational talent. We have to block it because that doesn't sound it. To it you. doesn't sound like yeah. it, right? We have yeah. to block it. Pete agrees with me too. We got to take it away. Yeah. So you like him a lot. We're going to take away the generational. But why? What? But what? I mean, you've you've mentioned it all right there. If you're a team in the NFL, 
You're, you're, now you're thinking about it. I am thinking about it it's, because it's a, good, it's a good conversation. I never really thought about it that way. I think he's going to be more made for the NFL than he is college football. And he was I good in college football. Why I think, that's probably why I think it too. I do. You know, and I just think it's very rare to be that size and to be consistently asked to cover nickel receiver. Mm-hmm. I mean, slot receivers the way he does, right? So, so when Isaiah Simmons was talked you know, about, I, yeah. Uh, it was the idea, like, we're going to be able to do things with him that maybe we haven't been able to do in the NFL right. before. It will open up this whole new world. Right. Is Kyle Hamilton, could teams look at him in the same way? They could. They could. That's where I'm, I'm, I'm almost want to backtrack on my stuff here a little bit to where I go, you know, a little like, there's just no, to me, where maybe I'm misvaluing or maybe I need to stick to my guns with the generational talent a little bit more is like, it's just there's no weakness to his game, I guess, is where I looked at I look at it. You know, do I wish we had we could match a little bit of a better number with the forty and all of that? But yeah, to me he is it's generational in the fact that the size, the length, the hips, you know, the ability to play the ball, he brings it hitting and tackling. He's very good open field tackler. Yeah, that's a tough one. That's you're gonna, tough you're one. gonna go. You, you want to put it back on him. You want to put generational I, I do, back on him. I do. Kind well, of want certainly him. his size. Like a, we haven't seen a safety that that no, big. No, right? we have not. No, we have not seen anybody that big. And then when you look at that big, and I think like you talked about those coverage skills. Like, let me just read some of the few things because this is the last thing, and we're getting out of here soon. Like, has the ability to cover wide receivers at a very high level. He is sudden and twitch, twitchy, right? And I mean that again. Like, hey, he's sitting there at nickel. And, okay, like, they throw a bubble screen. His ability to, like, react to it right away and get in that position we talked about earlier with the wide base and being like, you're not going to get around me. I'm ready to twitch and go any way I want. He's, he's great at that stuff. He's great. You know, he moves really well in short areas. He's made for that second level of an NFL defense. You know, is there a little bit of a buildup speed? Yes, but it's not bad. And, you know, uh, incredible range of free safety. The very good hips and man-to-man coverage or working the middle of the field as a free safety. Has great instincts and a feel for what offense is trying to do. He can play nickel. I mean, he plays the Jeremiah, he played the Jeremiah Wusukoromo position this year, which is basically a weak side linebacker slash nickel where they try to get away with like, you know, here's a freaky guy who's not really a cover guy, but he can cover good enough and we need him in the run game. So he's like, that's what he did. So I think that says something too. Like, Oh, we just this guy who was really a top twenty pick that had a heart murmur. We want you to fill in for him, and no problem. So, you know that to me says a lot too. Really good tackler, really physical, takes on blocks really well. You know, and then I put the last thing, and maybe this is where he's elite or where we got to go. It's it's generational. I just, he was put on earth to cover the pass-catching NFL tight end to me. Mm. He's put on earth to cover Travis Kelsey and Evan Ingrams and the Darren Wallers of the world. He is. So that's maybe where we can see him be generational, where you don't get to see that in college because nobody knows how to feature anybody in college anymore. It's just, you know, college offenses have come down to this. Let me see the one guy I can get the ball with who has the least amount of people around him, and then that's our play. Oh, that receiver way over by the sideline. They're not double cut. Let's just throw it out there, and we'll just throw it to him. Yeah, he's behind the line of scrimmage, but we'll just let him make a play. I mean, that's college football. 
So it does guys like him an injustice at times because it's like you don't get to see his specialized skill set, I think, that will translate big time in the NFL. Really good question with the generational thing, though. You have me no, reeling So you thinking. might have things that you look at. Like I think elements that are of looking, his game right. that you have not seen and won't see in a that's generation. Where, that's where I guess yeah, I think I I'm that. thinking is generational. It's a little bit more of a projection generational, and I think – a lot like a lot of Notre Dame kids, they translate to the NFL game more maybe than they do the the college game. Take us back to when you saw him a couple years oh, ago. Oh, I mean, same practice as JOK. First time you really kind of saw first him time or, I yeah. saw him. I'm on the practice field. It's mid August. I'm out there at Notre Dame. First thing I went is I went, who's this number six kid? Because and I was going, who's number six kid? And they were like, oh yeah, he's gonna be our linebacker. And I was going. I was like, he covers better than every corner on Notre Dame. Kornamal. Yeah, I mean, he, so he was amazing. And then it was like, wait, who the freak is this tall beanstalk in the middle of the defense <laughs> playing? You know, and they were all like, oh, that's our freshman. That's Kyle, you know, Kyle Hamilton. He's a freak. Oh, my gosh, blah, blah, blah. And then, like, the next five minutes, he had, like, two interceptions in practice. And then I was like, well, he's – tall you're not gonna hit anybody and like a few minutes after that he had like an unbelievable collision and I was just like oh my gosh and they were like and I can't remember if it was Brian Kelly or somebody else they were like yeah he's a three-year guy he ain't gonna be here that long and it was like yeah no he's not he's out of here he's gonna be out of here in three years for sure and that was my first experience let alone first game on the field I'm on the sideline working for NBC he gets a pick or a pick six like on the first drive of the game like, as a freshman, it's like, oh, hey, guys, I'm the best player in the defense with JOK. No problem, right? I'm a freshman. I mean, so that was my first experience for him. He's made for the NFL. And unlike maybe a uh, Stingley over at corner, he kept it up. He continued to have a good college career and kept getting. Kept it up, passion, everything you better. want from him. Right. You know, I mean, so we'll, we'll see. I, I, you know, again, I wrote top 20 pick. I did not write top 10 pick down. That's interesting. I know. That's interesting. Uh, yes, All right, it so is. That's, that, that does it. Those are your five through one. I think we have a, uh, a look at the final rankings here one more time. Um, and there is a question from Anthony Rufo uh, about the Jets oh, here. That's our resident Jet fan, Anthony Rufo. The Jets in the Sala scheme. Yeah. Any of these guys have shades of Jaquaski Tart, a player you've been high on for a while. So Jets have some picks high. I guess you don't think they should go safety that high but what do you think anything out there no well i you know the the one where i look at for the jets you know more you know again some of these guys i i gotta get a little better feel for pass rushers and offensive linemen yeah brian cook could be one of those guys that's there at the top of the second sure right for them to take and be that type of guy certainly you know i look at like daxon hill as being more of like a Jimmy Ward, LaMarcus Joyner type guy, right? Mm -hmm. Just smaller, heat-seeking missile who can cover, but he tackles and he doesn't realize he's 190. He thinks he's 235, yeah. right? <laughs> so that, that, that to me could be that. But also with the Jets, to be a little more specific too, thought there's a lot of corners that kind of fit what they want as far as tall, long, jam, get back, don't let the guy run by you. There's a few of them in the draft, too, that are going to make sense. You know, guys, guys that are like a sauce gardener, whether they want to take him in the top ten, I could certainly see that happening. Sure. But, you know, second, third round guys, a kid from Tennessee, Elante Taylor, he's got a similar build to that. There's a lot of 6-1-ish corners in the draft here that will help the Jets out in the secondary as well. You got a Jets fan up there who's listening, hanging oh, on your every word is. here. JK, JK, does – 
Does do you want a safety in the top ten? Never again. No, never again. Never He's again. scarred by Jamal Adams' generational talent. He's scarred by that. <laughs> yes. Yeah, never again. That position is dead to us uh, from this point forward. All right. So that does it. Those are your corners and safeties. You did wide receivers already. So yeah. last thing I want to I want to know. Yeah. Is can these corners and safeties, do they stack up well? Are they better than the receivers that we're going to see? Can they cover those guys? I think so. As a whole, you know, yeah. as a whole, I think the corners and receivers, like I told you, I thought it was a little overrated. A lot yeah. of, like, traits where I went, wow. And then there was just a one thing about everyone where I went, like, ah, he's not the best at that. So they're made for each so other. So they are made for each <laughs> other. The safeties were a pleasant surprise. Good. The safety... I, you know, again, we didn't get to get into it because we did two positions today. But I had a bunch of guys where I'm going to go. Damn, this guy was good too. This guy was good too. This guy was good too. The corners, I felt myself wanting to come away a lot of times, going, uh, he's a little overrated from everything I'm reading. Yeah, Jaquan Brisker is the one name for Penn State that maybe people have in the top five that you did not. Have I, in and he's five. a really good player too. There's no doubt about it. He was again a, a, a part of this group. There's about four or five that were just on the outside looking in. But yeah, Jaquan Brisker, good player, uh, definitely. And yes, like a a second round. I think I ended up writing like kind of a mid second round pick somewhere in that range. All right. Well done. Thanks, man. Two position groups Boom. right there. Get back in the lab. Right. And Wednesday, what do we have? Running backs coming oh up. Gosh. Wednesday. Yeah, here we go. How many first-round running backs are there? I mean, it, mm, I think there's just one, but I'm not done with the whole list. But I think Which it, is big. If, the, there's a, if there's one, that's big. The kid from Iowa State is going in the first round. I mean, s- sorry. I don't know what to say. If you don't like 230 pounds and 4'3", yeah. then I don't know what you like. Pete goes, now we can't tease it, but he didn't say, wh- he didn't say which kid from Iowa State. <laughs> yeah, Here we go. the backup running back. <laughs> <laughs> All right, everybody, be good. Ahmed, thanks for driving the ship as always. Yeah. you the man. Thanks we for doing it. your research, asking the appropriate questions. That's what we did. Challenging me on some of my shit. How yeah. dare you? And get me a T-shirt. All right, thanks a lot. <laughs> All right, everybody, Wednesday podcast, running backs, be there, be square. Peace out. Have a good few days. See you then. Clap Clap it it up. up.